0: You're listening to audio from Citizens Church in Birmingham, Alabama. If you'd like to check out more resources or learn more about Citizens, please visit citizensbhm.com. So I've got three questions for each of our artists, but before we get started, um, I wanted just to talk a little bit about why art's important. And I just know some of you in here know exactly why art's important and why it's important to incorporate to our worship. You're, You're an artist, you get it, you know. But for other people, you're like... Art's fine. I mean, it's cool. Don't really get it, but it's fine to have. Um, And we're glad you're here too. Uh, But I wanted to share some scripture with you that will hopefully kind of unpack why art's important in your life, but why it's also important to incorporate into our worship. So in Psalm 16, uh, it says The heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words and their words to all the world. And so what David is talking about here is God's artwork, his, his handiwork, his craftsmanship. And what's cool about this is that David is saying that God's art is speaking without any words. And I think that's a very clear sentence about what art is. It tells you something. It speaks something to you without any words being said. Um, and then in Exodus, um, we talk. We see that God is um, appointing people to build the tabernacle. So in Exodus 31, it says, And I have filled him with the spirit of God, the ability and intelligence with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. And so what's great about this is it's very clear that this is not for like structural integrity or the foundation, like this is clearly just for beauty. And so God honors that and loves that, and he's interested in the multifaceted beauty of the tabernacle. And so because we are image bearers of God, he's the ultimate original creator, or his image bearers, we get to also create. Um, and so I would just challenge you from now until Christmas, um, as you participate in the sermon and in worship and in communion, that as you go around to the side and you look at all of these pieces of art and that it would challenge you to see God in a new and fresh way and that it would stir your affections for Jesus every time you look at them from now till Christmas. So I'm going to introduce the artists and then I'm going to tell you which piece they have so you can kind of connect a name with their artwork. So this is Frank Daly. Yeah. And Frank has the photographic art of Mary. This is Ben Bailey, and he has... Let's clap for all of them, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Bailey has the um, the painting. And you have Hannah Sigler, who has the... Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Woo. Colorful graphic design piece. Talia Champion, who has the uh, leather artwork piece. And you have Katherine Lee, who has the calligraphy artwork piece.
1: Oh, the clap,
0: so, sure. we're just going to pass the mic along with the first question. So the first question is, what's your medium of choice and how long have you been working with that medium? Frank?
1: Hey guys, great to see everyone today. Um, My medium of choice is photography and I've been doing it for 11 years. Wow. Yeah. it's great. Uh, My medium of choice is, when possible,
2: oil paint um, and I've been doing that since 2010, um, but it's not always the easiest because it's messy and there's a lot of fumes involved. And if you don't have a good space for it, it's not so practical. And we don't have a good space for it right now. So a lot of times I'd go back to watercolor. Then so I do enjoy watercolor.
3: Um, my medium of choice is illustrator. Is what I <laughs> <laughs> is that a medium? Yeah, it is. Um, that is what I used to make mine. And I've been a designer for about 10 years.
4: Uh, my, I'm so nervous, (laughs) it never fails, uh, my medium of choice is leather, specifically, uh, scrap leather that is left over from my handbag business, um, and I've been working with leather for 10 years, but, um, been working with leather as an art form for 11 months.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. um. My art form is calligraphy slash procreate, which is a drawing app. Um, And I have been teaching myself calligraphy since like 2015. Um, And then have been learning how to draw and work with Illustrator and procreate probably since 2017.
0: If you want to keep it down there and then we'll just come back. Okay. So the next question is, could you walk us through the name of your piece and the concept behind it? Okay, so the
5: name of my piece is With One Accord. And if you want the real answer, I was looking at my verses and what phrase or combinations of words sounded the best. <laughs> um, but to be completely honest, um, I just think that, like, through all of Mary's stages, because we were all given different stages of her life, um, no matter what, whether it was joyful or, um, there was heartache, um, like we were with, she was with Christ and Christ was with her. And so no matter, yeah, no matter what, whether it was, um, Jesus birth or I don't know, you know, all the things, um, we were just with Christ and he was, um, with her and there was peace in that. Uh, the name of my piece
4: is um, Mary's Hope is Mary's Hurt, I believe. Um, And the scripture I was given uh, was the one that Justin preached on today, where, um, you know, she takes him to the temple and Simeon tells her that her soul is going to be pierced with a sword. And so um, just the thought of This new mother who, like, knows – we all think our babies are going to be special. Um, She has, like, confirmation that hers is going to be special, right? So she's like, what's this going to look like? Um, Maybe even excited about what that would mean. And then, um, you know, she's got a baby a few weeks old. She's in the throes of motherhood. She's doing – You know, like dedicating her child to the Lord, basically this very like happy motherly uh, thing that's like her turn to do and is reminded of just how difficult um, her child's life is going to be and what that's going to mean for her. Um, But also that like by this sacrifice of her child, whatever that looks like, she's not sure yet. Um, she will be saved. And so just the many, many layers of spirals that
3: uh, her mind probably went through in hearing that. Um, The name of mine is Time Didn't Stop. And as I was making mine, like earlier versions, I had like more of the scenes behind them, like shepherds and angels. Um, And I ended up cutting that just because I feel like it lost focus from Mary. Um, But I did keep like the town behind her. And when I was making my piece, um, which was focused on Christ's birth, like Mary at the birth, um, I was just thinking about what a significant moment it was that people were just continuing to live their lives in the town. And like, you know, not everyone knew about what a significant moment this was in time. And for themselves, Um, and yet time was just continuing to go for everyone. Um, And just thinking about that, um, I just thought it was a cool thought.
2: The name of mine is uh, Utero, but I wouldn't read too much into that. names. (laughs) Naming an artwork for me is always tricky because in my experience, in my own work and other works, the name of a piece can already set you off Down a path of interpretation, which can be a really powerful tool when leveraged effectively if you're good with words. I am not good with words. I don't claim to be a writer. And so it's always tricky then for me. You know, it'd be like if someone who wrote a book had to then draw a painting for the cover of the book, that'd be a tough call, you know, but say in reverse. I don't know. Not as many people have that problem, but it's always been tricky for me. So the name is a necessary evil because I also think it's lame just to say untitled. Two or something like that. <laughs> so I, I put myself in a corner there. But the concept, I really enjoy uh, making abstract paintings, especially when they're larger, an object that can be interacted with, even if it doesn't have any direct imagery. So I wanted to incorporate some of those elements into it, but I also did want it to be accessible because abstract painting is always not the most accessible kind of paintings. Um, so I kind of wanted to blend that with an image of Mary that, you know, I'll speak a little. More to in our our third question, but an image that um, just kind of captured a lot of what's going on. As Justin talked about, the joy and the sorrow. A very young uh, girl, really, at this time in a culture that would—any culture would be hard to believe that they say, I'm pregnant, but it was God, wasn't you know? because I was fooling around, is a tough message to sell. And so dealing with that, and then even just the path ahead of her— you know, as a relatively new parent myself, the idea of outliving a child is just uh, hits on a new level than, than it even did before. And just to know that that is her destiny. But then also the joy of she would see that child then raise again and what that means for all of us. And um, so the challenge of trying to capture a lot of that in simplicity um, and in just a, a side profile of a face, whether effective or not, that was my, my goal um,
1: in that piece. Hey, guys, mine is called More Than Blood. Um, The name kind of came to me after I took the photo. But I kind of had a hard time taking this photo because, I mean, there's not many. The verses I had was when Jesus was kind of ran away from his parents and he was in the temple teaching. And so I can't really go find lost boys and take pictures of them (laughs) running around from their parents, you know. And so I was just trying to figure out, like, what does this look like? What does this mean, you know? And... I just thought of the idea of like peace and the duality of what Christ has lived in his life. And the fact that like Mary is a mom and yet her son is dying for her sins as well. And the duality of what that is. And so a lot of the concept of my piece is like the profound life of Christ. And how he is divinely significant in our lives and yet just completely human as well, which in turn emphasizes the idea that he is so connected to us through his humanity and yet still saves us. And I just love the idea of the concept of like what it would be like to, I'm not a parent, but I imagine losing a child like maybe in Walmart or something would be pretty chaotic. And it's just the peace of running and like seeing that this is the Savior of the world and yet his mother still kisses him on the forehead saying, I found you. Thank you. You know?
0: That's good. Um, the last question is, what did you learn about Jesus through the, Jesus through the eyes of Mary during this process?
1: Um, I would say I learned that the age that Jesus was in my photo is 12 years old, and 12-year-old boys are pretty chaotic. Um, <laughs> they run away. I mean, it's just funny. Jesus probably, at this age, probably hitting puberty, I'm assuming. And so just, like, a lot of feelings— within Jews, but he's the savior of the world. Um, And yet the idea that, like, he still submitted to the authority of his mother and just what that looks like, that like, we have a God that sent his son to be shepherded by Mary and humans in that community. And he trusted us with that job. And, like, seeing the fact that he trusted Mary to be the mother of his son is amazing. It's incredible. And I think it really shows me through this piece of art that Jesus trusted Mary. Like, I think God has a heart for mothers, and I am just so blown away that the Lord looks at us and just says, I love you, and I'm here for you, and I want you. And the fact that he would just send his son to be mothered by Mary, um, amidst this... Community is just mind-blowing, and I love it. What did I learn? Um,
2: I appreciated what this uh, commission did as it just forced me to reflect more than I typically, admittedly, am able to do in a a life that uh, is full of things that are busy, whether necessary or unnecessary. So I really did appreciate the, the prompting to reflect in this way. Um, and i kind of alluded to it but i think i think it's really just a really cool concept how as as god takes you through various seasons of life uh, you know context and experiences you have how they make that they they breathe more life into the stories that you've heard as a kid and, you know because you can say oh well now that i've i've been with a a wife who's had a kid who's been pregnant like I'm reading more into the story in Bethlehem now than when I was in high school and you're, you're reading through that, you know? And so it's, I think for me more than anything, I don't know if there's a succinct point, but just the, just to really relate to um, all that goes on The, the stress. I was stressed at a really nice hospital when Willoughby was born. I couldn't imagine being in a, a barn with, you know, animal feces everywhere and stressed and like without healthcare, like like just, I don't know. There's just richness of the story that you realize this really was tough. This really, and 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 they really leaned into it and they trusted God through it, you know. And so it was, it was just a, I think a gained appreciation as the, as it continues in my life to God unfold His Word and breathing it into to my own experiences. I grew up. It was just a, another layer of that. I think.
3: I think similar to what Ben was saying and. And what I had learned through the title and just thinking of it more is just when there are significant events in your life that you're like, how could anyone not know about this? Like when there's like a, a birth or a death or, you know, something that's so big in your life that you're like, wait, everyone's just still doing stuff like no one's like paying attention to this. Um, I think the significance of that moment of Jesus's birth, like, of course, the birth of like. Your own child is so crazy, and you're you're forever changed. But like this birth changed the whole world, and like the fate of everyone, um, and just that the crazy significance of that, and also just thinking of like Jesus being always perfect. I'm practically thinking of like what is a perfect baby? Like what is <laughs> what you know? Like what is a? Uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to think of like what is a non sinful. Like, little baby. I don't know.
4: Um, a couple things come to mind when I think about, like, I guess what I've, yeah, like, what I was thinking about Jesus as I was making that piece. Um, the first one is, like, we we talk a lot about Jesus experiencing things that we've experienced, right? He was tempted and he suffered and things, but also, like, Looking at him there, uh, like, his face content in his mother's arms, like, he also got to experience maybe the best feeling that, one of the best feelings that we can have here on earth, which is, like, being a newborn baby cradled in your mother's arms. Like, and the contentment of that in that, um, I guess I never really thought through um, him having that Feeling And that just makes me happy for baby Jesus. <laughs> um, I just thought that was really sweet. But also, um, my piece is pretty obvious. I don't think I tried to leave anything to the imagination. Um, but Jesus, like in his heart, there's a cross on his heart because um, we're all born like— DNA pre programmed to certain things. One of the things that Jesus, like, innately always knew throughout his life was that he was born to die, to be sacrificed. Um, And so, Mary taking him to the temple and also getting a confirmation that this special thing that he is is also going to be hard um, and difficult. I think them living in that house together and having this like silent um, understanding between each other that, like, we're enjoying this now and um, like we love each other, but also like we know what's to come and um, it's going to be hard
5: for both of us. Um, This was really challenging for me because I've never done something so big and I've also, um, people will ask me to do something for them and they'll give me um, a framework or guidelines and I really was just, a lost puppy on this one. And so, it was really good for me, but it was also i it was also hard to not be like task-oriented, like I was just checking it off the list. Um, but one thing that one on on my piece it says and all his disciples believed in him and I think that um I learned a lot or I have been learning a lot about like coming as you are and um that we we don't we don't have to come all like tied up with a bow and good because that's never going to happen. And that's really hard for my type A personality. Um, And so just the fact that like, one thing I've learned this, I learned this like 10 years ago was the concept of the simple gospel that we don't have to overcomplicate things. And I like to overcomplicate things because I want to try to understand the impossible and I'll just fight against it till I understand it. And then I'll never understand it. So, um, just really um, stepping into the simple gospel. And um, yeah, so we just, I mean, I just have, we have Mary in front of her cross and I think that's very simple. And I think that's very telling at the same time um, that we are all in this together and we are all just trying to come as we are. But first we have to really see ourselves um, and see ourselves the way that the Lord sees us in order to come fully, even though he knows all of us. Um, we have to accept and love and see and know ourselves to the fullest extent. And we can come to God in the process of that. It's not like we have to wait, um, but it's significant and important at the same time.
0: All right. Let's give it up for these artists, y'all. Um it's a it's a joy to be able to um, worship and work at a place that cares about art. Uh, a lot of churches, it's just not even they don't care about it. It's just they're not even on their mind in any way whatsoever. And so for a lot of creative people and artists, they feel like there's no place for them at church. It's somewhere else. Uh, you're kind of other if you like art. And so to have someone like Justin really lead that way and like, no, we we don't just care about art, but we're gonna do it in our worship is a big deal. So it's it's a joy to be able to sit beside these guys.